The Q Affair. Part two, the Q Woo. While some similarities to living people may exist in your mind on reading this novel, it is a work of fiction. So it's your problem if you have people like this in your life. Chapter eight. Shortly after that, a fight broke out on my channel in the comments section between avatars I didn't recognise that seemed to know each other and me. I assumed they were from other channels in brand sock accounts to hide their identities since they were saying pretty nasty things to me unrelated to whatever the video was about. I can't remember what was said. But I do remember a few of them being annoyed with me about being a troll, without actually mentioning stalking or murder in particular. They just came across as cranky with me rather than particularly threatening, but they were persistent. And although I was off watching a video somewhere else on YouTube, I got messages from a couple of them on and off all night. I'd say something intended to deflect whatever they were saying by making light of it in a reply, since they didn't seem to be complaining about any particular thing, just me being a troll in general. Then resume watching the video until another notification would arrive minutes later in reply, with no sign of them getting fed up and moving on. I did some of my answers in verse format as I was getting bored of the same format of reply. They kept it up though and there was no wearing them out as with most avatars of this type who realise after a few sallies that you aren't getting as annoyed as they'd like and go away to do something else. Instead I had someone new join the conversation after a few hours of this and in a bit of an unusual move spring to my defence. What's this about, I thought, as it was definitely a first, with strangers not known to be relied upon for their kindness, ever really, in my experience of the truther or even Christian truther end of YouTube, no matter how viciously you got trolled out in comments or chat or on videos. Not unless it had happened to them too, at the hands of the same person I found, and then a kind of bond formed automatically that made them feel sympathetic or compassionate towards you. Then they could be fiercely loyal. For example, on Fandango's channel, where I'd gone that night to see how the puzzle he worked on more regularly, since having some kind of disagreement with the host of All Rock together was getting along, most of the subs were concentrating their efforts on berating All Rock's host, who they used to be quite fond of when they had regularly tuned into Fandango's gaming live streams to watch the two pals play a shoot 'em up game together for hours on end. No doubt, if they became friends again, the subs would forget they had ever been on opposite sides of an argument and suddenly start thinking he was a great guy again, because Fandango did. That's how shallow truthers could be. This person I'd never seen before, unless they were now in a brand sock account to hide who they were from me, or from the person they were now defending me from, was posting replies to the rude assailant, 
and making their comments in a rather swashbuckling, flamboyant style. Their language was amusing, and I rather enjoyed watching the exchange, as it was all very on hand that lady, and courtly, in its use of language. It had a bit of humour going as well. You could tell he was probably enjoying playing jousting games with language nearly as much as I had, and being a bit of a peacock, showing off for me. And for the next while, the two of us joined in a gentle jeering of the adversary's most vile attempts to unseat me from my feminine dignity by sticking up for my beauty and eloquence, while the other referred to me as hag and witch, and worse, in coarse peasant terms, using unflattering remarks about my not being a slip of a maiden any more, to try to make me slither from my high horse's seat in shame, and not being the ideal of twenty, thirty-something model. Not that they were terribly likely to be able to unseat me, in my mind, by being so undignified themselves, I thought. After several of my particularly pithy and humorous, I thought, rejoinders to several of the oaf trolls' basest low blows to my feminine charms with their crude maze fashioned of bad language and insults that I pictured them wielding, I started replying in limerick and quatrain format until the new arrival blurted out dramatically, Good Lord, I think I am deep in love. I fell about laughing at the wittiness of the remark, but something about it made me think, you should be, I'm magnificent out there, out on the field of comments, really at my best and right on form. As I was pretty impressed myself that someone should finally appreciate just how darn impressive I am as well, never doubting that he meant it, as he had ridden in to rescue me, only to find I could fight off a whole army on my own if I put my beautiful mind to it. <laughs> it was fun. I was having so much fun in my comments, and I loved this kind of playful back and forth and showing off my wit. The attacker seemed to give up storming the battlements of my channel soon afterwards, as the gallant stranger hung about to chat in the aftermath for a few moments, before galloping off, maybe to the defence of another middle-aged damsel who might need him more. It was odd, someone being nice to me, I realised. The Discordians were friendly, but I'd had a few things in the day or two around the arrival of that avatar that made me think several people might be the same person, maybe. Someone in chat had asked, was I married? suddenly, which wasn't strange at the time, but then someone else had soon afterwards arrived in comments and talked about doing unmentionable things to themselves while watching my video over and over. I found that one disturbing, in that I wasn't clear whether or not it was someone trolling me, trying to freak me out with the overtly sexual references so publicly, something I find very crude and unnecessary though sadly all too prevalent in our increasingly overtly and overly sexualized culture where people are mere commodities and sex the product. Sometimes you got spoken to like that, to demean you if you were a woman on YouTube by the gamer types on channels like Fandango's or the many other gaming channels where the gamers were a younger YouTuber than the typical demographic.
and who like to distinguish themselves by their supposedly edgy attitudes, which often were a flimsy facade of toughness, constructed from games and Marvel movies, and meant to cover the feelings of emptiness or confusion about identity that their gaming habits helped further paper over in their lives, while the games also gave their lives more layers of meaning and richness by allowing more virtual experiences that gave instant rewards more easily achieved than the deferred gratification that everyday life seemed to consist largely of or little of. These mainly male gamer subs had a thing about women, trying to tune them out unless they were fawning admirers of the channel owner they also admired and tried to discourage them from wanting to play games or even participating in their puzzles, I noticed, by being dismissive or vulgar and rude. I had been ignored regularly myself when offering suggestions towards solving puzzle clues in chat in favour of some guy repeating what I'd just said after me to be congratulated for his intelligent input while my comment was ignored. I still logged out and in again sometimes just to check I wasn't blocked when I was ignored like this and see if they could see my comments in chat at all because of this attitude. They didn't like to risk losing games where they were supposed to be the manly hero to women or puzzles where clearly men were the intelligent ones with genius IQs like Fandango while they never managed not to give off the impression, to me at least, a mere female, that they were quite possibly virgins, who probably still were looked after full-time by their mothers, if they didn't have a wife to transfer the job to, and spent all day playing games, maybe worrying about whether they were gay, instead of having the discipline to establish a regular routine that included washing and exercise and making their own meals or buying them when they were hungry. I'm generalising greatly, and no doubt they were not all this kind of person. Indeed, Fandango sometimes live-streamed from his desk at whatever company he happened to be freelancing at at the time, usually doing web design or managing company social media content for them. But you get the idea, I would think, and perhaps you can see in your mind's eye, as I did, how I wasn't at all sure if I might not have a mummy-obsessed gamer in my comment section, who I should try not to scare with my grown-up presence so that he would be put off for life should he ever have a chance someday of getting anywhere near a real female of his own age in the future. Or if he was just a troll who hated and resented women because he hated himself for not being a hero in real life and still wanting his mummy whatever age she might be. Anyhow, whether or not you have my way of picturing things or think I'm just jumping to wild conclusions about gamers' mentalities or the fact that I have assumed the jerk-off was a gamer, that's how I saw it in my imagination. And I told him to stop and behave himself and take himself off to watch videos or find a channel with a younger woman or just a different woman as I wasn't that kind of channel but there were plenty of those on YouTube for anyone who wanted them, in what I hoped was a friendly but firm motherly tone. Off he went and I deleted the comments. 
The person who had been in chat asking if I was married, initially with a spy novel avatar title, now arrived back in comments announcing they'd changed their avatar to a cat avatar and a new cat named Go With It from a T.S. Eliot poem had noticed this exchange apparently and wanted to know why I'd put up with the comments. I explained how I thought the person might be young, how I didn't want to scare them off sex with my blasting him out about saying such things in comments if they were just a gauche and green boy. And he said, well, why did you blast me then? I remember then how he'd remarked on my breasts straight after asking if I was married when he'd been in chat and I told him to knock it off or get thrown out. I thought about it. Whatever he'd said hadn't been quite as graphic, but it was bad enough for me to have been annoyed at the time, and it wasn't exactly on topic or a suitable thing, I thought, to be talking about at all, and I dealt with them curtly and gone right back to the topic I was speaking about. I think I'd been stern with him because I felt he seemed older somehow, just based on the fact that he'd bothered to ask me first if I was married. I started to realise some of the difficulties of communicating without seeing or hearing a voice intonation and trying to interpret the communication where you couldn't see the person's face or body language but were confined to a few short sentences. How your mind painted a picture by filling in the knowledge gaps for you with the rest of the information, which might be right or might be wrong. I hadn't realised this before, if only because I got so little of what you could call interpersonal exchange on YouTube in the first place. This was often my doing, as I tended to cut someone off if they started to talk about their families or pets when they dropped into my comments by just saying that's nice or whatever and going off to do something else. I was that uninterested in family life and the things that so-called normal people do. It horrified me, if truth be known, the idea of this normal life that I saw around me when I had watched crowds or had been stuck somewhere in real life having to listen to things that normal people found interesting but which bored me almost to tears to have to listen to on buses or in social situations. I loved it that in YouTube you got to walk away from it any time you liked without anyone caring or noticing if you did. Someone turning up and saying they fancied me or wanted sex with me was very different from social intercourse though, wasn't it? It seemed a weird and impossible thing, distant and to do with the space between people and maintaining it rather than closing it if you weren't there in the flesh to touch. Yet clearly it was about wanting intimacy in a medium that was not about that at all. I understood it insofar as understanding that pornography, which our culture is full of, is about fantasising over an image of something rather than the thing itself. But perhaps for the person who spends most of their time online, that's the nearest they get to having a relationship, being able to construct a fantasy which they then attach to a human image. In fact, I reflected, a lot of supposedly real experiences work like that too, in that sex can be more about fantasy than what's really happening in the moment in real life.
if it wasn't, there'd not be such a fascination with the image of it in magazines, music and popular culture, as everyone would be just enjoying having it without needing that extra layer over it of the idea of the perfect person or form, really, as or as near as they can hope to get to that form in current culture to attach it to. This was often through some kind of transaction of a monetary nature, I noticed, inevitably, since advertising increasingly, at least since the 50s, and in fact a bit earlier back when you started learning more about it, played such a huge role in the shaping of current mass culture's perception of the beautiful and desirable, whether in reality it was actually an achievable or desirable goal to attain the promised perfection. After all, if you could achieve the levels of perfection you were promised and aspired to, what else would you want to buy? Or why would you continue to buy the same product if you could get perfect and stay there, goddess-like and happy in that scheme of things? Where's your product then if you were a happy woman or man? Where's such a thing possible at all? Where does God go if you're so happy you don't need the idea of more perfect beings elsewhere for that matter? See, too much thinking perhaps on my part, but I like it. Why anyone would arrive to my channel and attach the idea to me that I was one of these fabulous attractive creatures, I couldn't think. I wasn't young, which is a requirement of pop culture more so American culture, and YouTube, let's not forget, is a largely American platform, where even those in their 50s, as I was, if wanting success or approval, which led to success, required ideally plastic surgery, constant applications of makeup, designer outfits, good lighting, dental work, and vigilant diet and exercise plan, if they were female, to have credibility for looking the part. The content of your videos didn't matter at all, as far as I could see, as they looked like they were all a product endorsement for either themselves as the product, spending time with the beautiful woman who might talk to you if you gave a donation in chat, or for some other product which someone was sponsoring them to endorse, or buying subs for them to boost. Some could get away without being glamorous, like Desiree, it was true, and the truthers set the bar lower, with the news being slightly more the product than them themselves, as, for example, a makeup guru would be. But someone like Desiree had the advantage of being like some of their subs and relatable, or reminding other people who were truthers of their own grannies a bit to build around. Others a bit more slick had other products to deliver, like news from the other YouTube channels that fed a lot off the idea of admiring males in other places, like the hero Q or the heroic President Trump, chosen by God. And they had to keep reiterating that they strongly believed in family values and were traditional homemakers with children themselves to keep even other females from becoming suspicious that they might be socialist women of some sort, 
or power-hungry, selfish women who weren't standing by their men and doing their natural job that God put them on earth to do, having children by not being in the kitchen instead of live-streaming so much. They were doing it all for Trump and the country, putting their meagre efforts into helping their menfolk was the sales angle I saw. Desiree, not being married for many years previously or having other children, was an exception in that she was doing it all for her dead daughter, who the international gang had killed. They were Jewish socialists, baby-eating cabal members, so of course they hated Trump and loved Hillary, so she must speak up on her channel. That was pretty much her persona, as a marketer would put it, summed up. Me, my persona, was going up against the idea of having a persona niche, if you get me. I was one of the few females, I thought, in the vicinity of the truth community who did this not worrying about fitting into a role or putting across an impression that was one I thought others might approve of. And I did it very deliberately, as I hated the shallowness of the culture that sees women as things or people as things, to be fair, as men seemed also to have fallen into this problem of having to try to live up to impossible role models in a shallow way too, and mistaken the shadow for the thing. I was just coming as myself, and seeing what they made of that, out of curiosity, and a stubbornness which has always been part of my character. I sometimes appeared at makeup on, as I like makeup when I'm in the mood for it, but often I didn't, and didn't have a big hang up about it, having been lucky enough to be very pretty when I was younger, and still I thought pretty, or felt pretty in myself, a lot of the time. More importantly, I grew up in a time before the internet and smartphones, where beauty didn't just depend on the screen and the lighting, as indeed movies had made it do. And if we go back, and back through the ages on the perfect idea of the perfect proportions that whatever civilization decided meant, meant made you the perfect woman. Don't forget, though, cultural mores vary in context, and where, for example, a woman can be admired for her body, she can also be admired equally for her mind, at times through certain points in history, something we have largely lost any conception of in modern mass popular culture. I hadn't bought into it, this having to be the same kind of beautiful as everyone else, being an artist, an avid reader of various ideas from all ages, and I had always felt beautiful in the depths of me, and further to that, believed that admiration from men was only my due, given that I was both beautiful and intellectually accomplished. Moving in artistic circles when I was younger, many of the men I met agreed with this assessment, me being someone who, although no genius, used my intellect well, and I enjoyed receiving compliments about my intellectual prowess at least as much as I did tastefully giving compliments about my breasts, hopefully given in private rather than out in public by a stranger on YouTube. This stranger, at least, seemed slightly more cultivated than some of the oafs I was running into, whose knuckles had apparently barely evolved off ground scraping levels. 
He'd made a blunder with the breast remark, though, and I was wary of him, not to mention the question about whether I was married. I could forgive that to some extent if he was trying to censor himself from finding me attractive by asking, but it was gauche, I felt, to ask at all. And I had never been in any way flirty on my channel before or encouraged any kind of flirtation to happen as I'd just been discussing topics or going places I'd found interesting. I wasn't thrilled with the introduction of this issue suddenly. He asked next time he arrived in chat, could he come in? As though he were a vampire seeking admission. And I found the notion funny and said, sure then watched out of the corner of my eye for any more nonsense out of him. There was no more, but he wasn't in such a rush anymore and confined himself to my comment section. The views on my videos shot up and I realised he might be watching them again and again as well as commenting on things I'd said in them in my comment section, wanting to talk more about them. I pointed out to him that the leprechaun-style hat he'd put on his avatar, thinking it would please me, implying it was an Irish-style cat, was rather an insulting image, if you were actually Irish, as the Irishman's leprechaun idea was mostly dreamed up by the English and adapted without further analysis by Americans, and that its original incarnation was as a punch illustration of the savage and beastly Irish, the equivalent of depiction of a black person as a cannibal with a bone through their nose, or a gollywog from an Enid Blyton children's tale. He apologised and took his little hat off, bowing gallantly in my imagination. I remembered the same hat style getting used on the insulting channel that had cropped up, along with several others, around the same time Desiree had discovered my name with these all featuring some variant of my channel name with the word psycho spelled a few different ways and an Irish Republican Easter lily stuck in the hat brim to denote an interest in rebellious topics and presumably bombing on my part and factored in the idea that he might be a troll just minding his manners. He was a troll step up in the civilised and erudite department though I was discovering so I said nothing and watched to see where it would go next. I knew many Americans weren't aware that the hat thing could be taken as an insult just because they'd no idea of its history, and I didn't want to make connections that might not be there. Still, I thought by now that surely he must be the same person that had arrived in on the white horse to save the damsel in distress as I replied to his comments, becoming a bit more relaxed about it as I realised the conversation wasn't going to go in a sexual direction again, after he'd been warned, and then began quickly to enjoy our back and forth and comments more, as he appeared to be the friendly, loquacious person who had made the dramatic entrance during the verbal joust I'd had with the troll. The increased views made me slightly uncomfortable still, as the memory lingered of what the other person had said they were doing while my videos played over and over. But I figured you'd have to be pretty energetic, or at least a persistent trier, to have played them that often doing those things, 
Whereas if you just had a good old medieval crush on someone and found them interesting as well, it was vaguely possible you might watch a thing over and over or your favourite part if you liked a smile or a fleeting look or a funny way something was said. As an artist, I understood and I often replayed things myself or bits of things to enjoy how something was said, even by somebody I didn't fancy, let alone someone I thought I might love. There is something sensual in a face or a gesture that is a mystery that can make a moment replay in your mind, suspended like a painting, lit by your own imagination and your particular palette of experience colours it until it becomes a work of art, as indeed I believe life is. I understood the crush all too well too, I'm afraid, although mercifully I thought I'd cured myself of that affliction forever and hadn't had one longer than I could remember. They are a bother, as any one knight on his travels or sighing princess admiring the scene from her lonely tower can tell you.